The development of next-generation robotics technologies has been cited as an important part of the EU's future economic growth and recovery. But there are also perilous pitfalls at play. Should the bloc overlook various policy challenges in terms of high-risk robotics, data protection and consumer rights? This week we delve into the future of EU robotics to give you an exclusive insight into what's in store. Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief podcast. My name is Samuel Stolton and each week I aim to bring you some of the most relevant and timely technology stories in the world of EU politics and policy. For a full breakdown of all the most important stories over the past seven days in this patch, sign up to my free newsletter or take a look at it online at youractive.com. This is Youractive's Digital Brief podcast. This episode is powered by Facebook. Working together is more important than ever in the fight against COVID-19. At Facebook, we're working with nearly 100 governments and organizations globally, including the World Health Organization and European Center for Disease Control, to distribute authoritative COVID-19 information on our platforms. Get the full story at about.fb.com Europe. The European Commission has pitched robotics technologies as, and I quote, offering new solutions to societal challenges from ageing to health, smart transport, security, energy and environment, and adds that such tools could help to construct a competitive manufacturing sector where millions of jobs are at stake. In terms of global competitiveness, the European Commission believes that robotics could be of particular benefit to the bloc's small and medium-sized enterprises. In this vein, the EU executive has recently been keen to promote the development of robotics as part of so-called digital innovation hubs, supported by funding from the EU's Digital Europe programme. Speaking recently, Director-General of the Commission's DG Connect, Roberto Viola, had this to say. A brand new programme, which is called Digital Europe, which is applying robotics uh, for real. And they are coming to the small and medium enterprises. There's a specific action uh, that uh, we are promoting, which is the concept of digital innovation apps. And the concept of digital innovation apps is that small and larger enterprises and they, uh, universities can come together and actually experiment or work on co-work uh, on robotic solutions. For instance, if you take uh, uh, an automated uh, printer, uh, 3D printer for industrial production purposes, this is a very costly machine and so a very specialized machine to operate. It's very useful for an SME, even a traditional SME that maybe works in the furniture sector or shoe sector, this machine would be necessary. So in the digital innovation hub, small SMEs can work together with advanced I mean, manufacturing tools and get all the necessary skills and support. But of course, it's not just about money. Can the EU build a policy framework that is able to foster the development of robotics? In this context, there are several files which the Commission is paying attention to. In terms of robot safety and the societal issues raised by artificial intelligence in robots, this will get a look in as part of the Commission's upcoming revision of the Machinery Directive later this year. Secondly, the Radio Equipment Directive could be looked at in order to better protect communications transmissions from fraudulent activity. 
And thirdly, the Commission is looking at adapting the Product Liability Directive in terms of readjusting to the new challenges presented by next-generation robotics. Here's the Commission's Gwenole Kozigu, Director for Sustainable Industry and Mobility at DG Grow, speaking on this subject. On the legislation itself, the adequate legislative framework, regulatory framework that we need, uh, that would actually need to both uh, address the challenges, but also uh, make sure that the opportunities are, are not missed. Uh, I'll mention some examples there, perhaps uh, that fall more directly into the remit of DigiGrow in terms of uh, legislative, legislative initiatives that are under preparation. We have a very important regulatory piece, which is the machinery directive that is being presently revised. And uh, the Commission will propose a revision very soon, in a, in a few months to come, of which one objective will be uh, various elements that are linked to robots. That would be one of the objectives, of course. Uh, first, the question of robot safety, in particular, the human-machine interaction um, or collaboration. The second, the question of software, uh, which are seen as a safety component, but for which human oversight should be guaranteed, because that's also a challenge we've got. And we want also to address uh, the issues raised by algorithms in uh, AI robots, so that there is some transparency uh, for them as well, vis-à-vis -vis the regulator. The second piece of legislation, which is the framework for the moment of um, activities we, we have in terms of delegated acts, is the radio equipment directive, which is basically the directive that that uh, regulates everything that admits or receives, and therefore there's a particular relevance uh, when robots communicate, and it's directly linked with the Internet of Things. There we work on three with three different preoccupations. The first one is protection and pro privacy and personal data. Uh, and because we've got certain cases where we've seen a need, in particular for, for children to be protected, but not only for children, uh, protection from fraud, so basically to protect uh, from fraudulent actions from outside. And uh, the third direction we, we want to pursue on this one is compliance uh, regarding the compilation of radio equipment and software. And I'll finish, we're also uh, looking at another piece of legislation, uh, because with these pieces of legislation, we think that everything will go well, but accidents can can still occur. So when things don't go well, and then we've we're, uh, we've got a product liability directive that we're also looking at in terms of adapting it to the new possible challenges that uh, would be presented by the characteristics of uh, emerging technologies, uh, in particular artificial intelligence. And then indeed, of course, we have the risks that inevitably come with the onset of new technologies such as robotics. For this cause, earlier this week I caught up with Paul Nemitz, Principal Advisor in the Commission's Directorate General for Justice and Consumers. We spoke about the challenges that will arise in terms of consumer protection, fundamental rights, and the very bizarre psychosocial phenomenon of mistaking a robot for a human. I think it's um, a good time to perhaps jump in to a question about the current context and um, Europe's development of robotics amid this very strange reality that we're living under at the moment. Um, of course, living in this situation whereby we're having to keep in touch with loved ones remotely, we're having to work uh, remotely. What sort of an impact has this had on the Commission's attempts to foster 
Europe's robotics industries? And in what ways could robotics become more of a key technology under the present circumstances and beyond? Well, let me say, uh, first of all, uh, professionally, of course, I work uh, in DG Justice um, uh, on uh, fundamental rights and democracy issues related to technologies. But uh, being a political person, um, I think it is fair to say that Europe has already a great uh, uh, sack of achievements uh, in robotics, uh, traditionally um, um, workplaces in some member states have been very highly capitalized by um, automation and by robotics. And, and this has actually been an important competitive advantage um, in the sense that robotics helps to make work stay in Europe and not go to low-wage countries um, because robots are both more precise um, and can uh, also make um, the cost of production lower. So in that sense, the industrial policy of the Commission has uh, always been in favor of competitiveness and robots always have played a role. And now in combination with AI, this is of course uh, becoming even more interesting. And I think the challenge of the day is to marry the great um, advantage of traditional robots, which Europe has uh, in industry robotics in particular, uh, with uh, the new technologies of um, automation, AI, and the digital, and to do this uh, in a way which uh, respects the human individual, for example, in the partnership between the robot who gets to know his or her colleague, the human who works with him or her, the robot, and in the way uh, the robot collects uh, knowledge and data about the individual, you know, in these contexts, um, I think we should also be the leader of, you know, human dignity uh, and um, uh, protection of individual rights, such as data protection, thus uh, always making it clear that the human is not an object of the robot and under control of the robot, but that it is the human which controls the machine, also in the age of AI and not the other way around. Now, of course, Paul, you work in the Commission's DG for Justice and Consumers. How important is the question of fundamental rights, consumer rights, and even ethics in the development of robotics in Europe? And to how much of an extent is this a consideration at the forefront of the Commission's thinking? Well, I would say in the context of AI, this is important because um, AI can go far beyond robotics in the sense that AI can also control systems, let's say, of societal communication, uh, you know, uh, in the run-up to elections and opinion building uh, in, in terms of AI controlling the algorithms which uh, uh, serve us the news which we read on the social networks or the videos which we see on uh, uh, video platforms. Um, and I think uh, traditional robotics, uh, in particular industrial ro robotics, is there less of a concern. There are some specific areas of consumer protection you know, we have to be um, attentive that um, uh, robotics uh, respects um, the, the rules. Um, and for example, when it comes to toys, um, um, you know, there have been some cases where robot-like toys, you know, puppets which seem to talk and so on, you know, collect uh, data about uh, children or about individuals in their surrounding and even transmit them to the company which has produced them and so on. So um, I would say there are some 
areas in the consumer protection and in data protection in particular, where consumer robots have to look, be looked at with care. There's one area which I would like to mention also in the consumer area um, when it comes to um, human likeness of robots, where, where, where robots look like humans and have, you know, they may, may look like having eyes and, and they may be smiling and so on. Um, there are a number of studies um, on its way uh, in Europe which study whether um, the human attention to problems um, 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 is reduced when a machine has human likenesses. And I think, uh, you know, there we have to be careful that um, the, the line uh, between providing a good service in the form of a robot on the one hand and manipulation of individuals, uh, you know, for example, making old people fall in love with their robots and therefore becoming manipulatable is not crossed. I think, um, you know, these are concerns where I think it is good if Europe leads, uh, because nowhere in the world, uh, in the end and in the long term, people would want to have robots who manipulate human beings. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And of course, these types of concerns, Paul, are derived from a particular ethical stance. What are the principles that guides the Commission's approach when it comes to ethics and robotics? Well, I think the first uh, uh, principle um, uh, for the Commission um, is that the important questions which relate to uh, society and technology cannot be left alone to ethics, but must be regulated by law. Uh, why? Because this is what democracy requires. All important issues in a society should be uh, not be left uh, just to you know private circles or you know government appointed ethics committees but they should be decided by parliament and the law um, is a very important element of our common market in the sense that it provides a level playing field and um, is also enforceable including against those who don't want to play ball and unfortunately in this world um, you know we do have uh, um, players big and small who don't want to stick to the rules and therefore we need tools of enforcement. I think that is um, the first principle. Um, and then when it comes to ethics, um, we have had uh, on AI in particular, a high level working group, which has put down uh, a number of principles, which the commission has also endorsed. And some of which will find their way into a legislative proposal on, um, uh, let's say setting a framework for AI which the Commission will most likely put on the table at the end of March. Indeed. Um, and actually, I just wanted to pick up on that last point uh, with regards to this forthcoming legislation on artificial intelligence that is widely uh, regarded to be a follow-up on last year's white paper on AI that, of course, earmarked a series of high-risk applications and high-risk uses of artificial intelligence in Europe. In what way will this forthcoming legislation address some of the issues of perhaps high-risk robotic technologies in Europe? I'm uh, you know, not sure I can anticipate on the content of the legislative proposal, um, but I think it's uh, probably fair to say that AI is an all-purpose technology and you will find it both within robots but also in the context of other functions. And the purpose of this instrument will be uh, to uh, set a regulatory framework for AI, not specifically for robotics.
And I suppose more generally in that vein, Paul, do we need some sort of a new regulatory environment completely for the onset of next generation robotics technologies in Europe? And what does that regulatory environment look like? Well, I I must say I'm always uh, hesitating to jump too quickly uh, to the conclusion that we need new law. I, I you know I do believe the law is the most noble instrument of democracy. That's why we shouldn't talk it down. And let's say much of the tonality uh, of talking about the law, um, you know, in the digital uh, economy is not a good tonality. I think uh, we live in times where it's just not on to talk down the law because that means talking down democracy. This being said, uh, before making a, making a new law, the Commission always ha- goes through and has to go through a number of notions. And the first question is, what problem do we have to solve? Second, isn't there already law which solves the problem or which addresses the problem in such a way that with a modern interpretation of this law, the problem can actually be solved? And uh, only if uh, the answer to this question is no, then the next question is, well, do we actually need new law? And what is it going to look like? So today's environment on robotics is already uh, regulated in a large part by the machine directive and also by rules such as, you know, the data protection uh, regulation, which completely apply whenever a robot works uh, with a colleague, a human colleague, and learns about the human and collects data um, and processes this this data, the the regulation already applies. So um, we have to... um, identify uh, you know the specific issues which would require new law if we are coming forward with new proposals and finally paul a general question now what does the future look like for you in terms of robotics in the eu and in what way can we really distinguish ourselves from other global players in this industry well i would say uh, the robotics future in europe is quite bright first uh, in terms of the state of robotization today, um, uh, it's the percentage of in certain sectors of production with robots in Europe is very high. We have very good uh, producers uh, of robots and robotic technology uh, in Europe. And um, as I said initially, combining these traditional uh, lead skills uh, of Europe with the new technologies of digital and AI, where at least in the industrial sectors, I would say, you know, we, we don't have to uh, walk with our heads held low. I think, you know, there we also have uh, much to show. Um, I think the industrial potential um, for being competitive on a global basis um, is certainly there. And um, this uh, paired with the ability of European companies to build complex Uh, systems, uh, I think, uh, makes the outlook for robotics in Europe particularly good. And a big thank you to Paul Nemitz there for taking the time this week to speak to us on our podcast. And that's about all we've got time for this time around. Please remember that online with us, you can get a comprehensive breakdown of all the tech stories in the EU politics and policy domain with my free digital brief newsletter. Sign up online today and don't forget to also subscribe to this podcast, which is published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I've been Samuel Stolton and thank you for listening.